A week ago today marked the 20th anniversary of my father's death, a potent and punctuated moment in a time in my life filled with beauty and sadness and grief. For the first time, I began to grasp the fragile transience of life, that our time here is limited and precious, and then it's gone. Late in his life, my father grew fascinated with the cosmic story of time and our place in it. And since his death, I've tried in my own way to pick up the threads and follow the story that captivated him. My father was a teacher and he loved to learn. Like a child learning to walk, he threw himself into a subject eager to understand. But when he struggled or hit a roadblock, he would pause and give his mind a rest, take a walk or play a game of solitaire or enjoy a small bowl of Hershey's chocolate chips. Restored, he would begin again. And so it seemed only right to bring a bowl with me in case during the course of our conversation we need to relax and replenish along the way. So yes, in the end, we die. And our unique combination of you particles and me particles decompose, disperse, and begin their slow return to space. But let's not rush to the end. Today, our focus isn't so much about outer space, though we will touch upon it, but rather the, the inward journey. How we see and understand ourselves and our place within the story of time. Being part and particle of the universe means we too are subject to the laws of physics and biology that literally hold us in place. But ours is an evolving story that brought mind into play, allowing us to think and reflect, emote, create, and imagine. We don't live outside the laws, but we are moved by them, giving shape and meaning to our lives. So as I said, this sermon isn't about outer space, but to help us understand our place in the story and fortify us for our inner journey, I wanna take a brief trip back to the Big Bang and explore the idea of entropy, which plays a central role in our story. Entropy is how we measure the disbursement of energy. Prior to the Big Bang, the particle container holding the building blocks of the universe was resting in quiet meditation, a state of low entropy. All that time in tight quarters, the particles took a stretch, creating friction and, friction and heat, releasing their energy and blowing things wide apart. Particles flew willy-nilly across space, setting the story in motion a high entropy state. Can I offer you some chocolate chips? Over the billions and billions of years, the stored up energy that set the particles in motion 
lost steam. While some particles traveled outbound, others regrouped and formed galaxies and stars and planets, and, and the universe took shape. Physicists help us understand what happened through the laws of thermo thermodynamics, the conservation of energy, things coming together, low entropy, and the second law about things coming apart, high entropy. High entropy, we've learned, is the stronger of the two forces. Eventually, the story goes, all matter will disperse. Kind of, well, like a miracle, if you will. Except it's not. It's just how the laws of physics work. Brian Greene calls this energy, energy, energy dance the entropic two-step. And in between the two-step, under some improbable odds, life emerged. But you don't need a telescope to see the entropic two-step. Rather, you turn your attention inward. You, me, the chair you're sitting on, the tree outside your window are living proof of the entropic two-step at work. We are energy collectors and energy dispersers. But there's more to the story. We are familiar with the basic principles of evolution, how over billions of years, Earth spinning on an axis, heating up and cooling down, perfectly positioned to reap the benefits of the solar system, and operating under the guidebook of physics, gave way to a single cell organism that formed the building blocks of all life. Those organisms created an extraordinary arrangement in complex patterns, giving shape to a collections of species which now number 8.7 million and counting. Out of all the particle arrangements and pattern making, cells were on the move, carrying information along the DNA and RNA highway, energy flowing in and out, collecting and dispersing, the dance of the entropic two-step. And all of that arranging and pattern making, the human species took shape, adapting to survive the elements and each other. As our numbers grew, language evolved, social networks formed, and we went about the business of setting down roots. And over the last 200,000 years, we've been wondering about what it means to be part of the cosmic tale. And we're still wondering. Time for a chocolate chip. While the physicalist story of how the universe took shape is a marvel, Brian Greene writes, deep mysteries call for clarity delivered through a collection of nested stories. We piece together the richest understandings, 
by approaching questions from a range of different perspectives. We don't just live in monochrome light. Science illuminates, but it doesn't tell the whole story. Yes, we are held together and governed by the physics of laws of physics and biology, but that doesn't mean we're stick in the muds, far from it. Our unique collection of particles have developed minds that allow us to, allow us to, reflect, and to reflect on our actions and be moved by those reflections. Our stories help explain and illuminate the cosmic journey, shape us and move us, spurring our, bright, our brains and par our particles, the brains, sorry, <laughs> spurring our delightful brain particles to move, sparking the imagination to new ways of seeing. While time travel is a thing of science fiction, our minds are capable of traveling the pathways that allow us to see the past and imagine the future. Whether memory and imagination are a result of adaptive survival needs or the fluff that emerges when you have too much time on your hands, it's still up for debate. Whatever the reason, we have evolved with minds that respond to the world around us compelling us on to become thinkers and makers, movers and shakers. Our collective stories about, are about our place in the universe have developed over the long course of human history, across cultures and disciplines, the sciences, the arts, religions, philosophies, psychology, they carry an energy that shapes our lives with both the power to bring us together or to tear us apart. This week I've been reflecting on the 75th anniversary of the bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. How scientists modeled a radioactive poisonous bomb using the core principles of the Big Bang harnessing energy to cause a cataclysmic reaction, a deadly and catastrophic version of the entropic two-step, whose reverberations are still in play. The use of atomic weapons has changed forever our understanding of how we relate to the story of time and our place in it. This week, New York Times reporters Ben Dooley and Hisaku Ueno wrote, the Hibakusha, as the, as the survivors of the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki are known in Japan, are an, are an increasingly precious resource. As their numbers fall, they and their supporters are being forced to envision what the disarmament movement will look like without the people who have put a human face to the cost of nuclear war. As the ranks shrink, it's, most important, it's more important than ever to ensure that the survivors' legacies carry on. Maika Nakeo, a professor of history at Nagasaki University, says, 
we have to think about how to acknowledge the history, how to memorialize it, and how to pass it down to future generations. We can't revise time or reverse it, only learn from it and keep the story alive. In a room full of his peers, 17-year-old Niho Ibishaki asks an important question. How will young people learn the truth about Hiroshima now? He learned about the horror of this from his great uncle, a survivor of the Hiroshima bombing who lost his eyesight due to the blast. Now he is sharing that testimony with his high school peace studies class. He says, I would like to do something that I can to keep the stories alive for the future. Working with his school's computer club, they are working with virtual reality to create an application showing where survivors were at the moment of impact. Niho is keeping the story alive harnessing the energy of the pasts in hopes of helping us better understand the story and give shape to the future. Don Wiepert created a garden and shared it with us, nourishing bodies, hearts, minds, and souls. Over 200 years ago, 250 as we learned this morning, Beethoven gave us music that allows us to fly on imagined wings of eternity. Or to take the mathematician's point of view, Brian Greene reflects, the human capacity to respond with great variety is a testament to the core principles. The entropic two-step orderly clumps form out of a disordered world and stabilize to produce light and planets and life. Evolution explains how in favored environments, life literally takes shape. Particles coalesce into patterns and facilitate complex behaviors. Collections that require further capacities to think and learn, communicate, and cooperate, imagine, predict, and enhancing our chances of survival. That calls for a chip. While the laws of physics come down hard against the idea of free will, a will that lives beyond the bounds of physical reality, we are not without our freedom. It seems to me, at least, that our brains took shape to delight in our ability to move back and forward in the story of time. We are like a pinball in the pinball machine, mind and body whizzing through space, touching down on ideas and experiences that light us up from within. But let's not forget, life will come to an end, and the universe that we've come to know as our own will one day, many, many days away, will cease to exist.
A month before my father died, we gathered at our house in Maine to celebrate my parents' 50th wedding anniversary. My father had grown frail and thin. He wore a worried look on his face. While he didn't speak much of death, my sense was it was clearly on his mind. We had bought them a cherry tree to be planted on the property, a chance to see new life take root. Sitting on the porch, my father asked for our attention. Out of his pocket, he pulled a piece of paper with a copy of his favorite poem, The Love Song of J. Alfred Prufrock by T.S. Eliot. These are the words that have stayed with me, bringing the moment back to life and move me still. I grow old, I grow old. I shall wear the bottoms of my trousers rolled. Shall I part behind, my, shall I part my hair behind? Do I dare to eat a peach? I shall wear white flannel trousers and walk upon the beach. Here, in this timeless love poem, I find my father. My dear fellow travelers, out of the vast collection of particles that flew into space and the forces that have drawn us together, here we are. We look to the stars to help us see where we came from, but ours is an inward journey where we pick up the threads and stitch together our story of time. Let's make the best of the time that we've got.